0: Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. You guys weathered the hurricane outside? Yes. <laughs> Is it sprinkling at all still, or...? let me just tell you, can I tell you from a senior pastor's perspective, can I share something with you? Only three yeses, really? You don't want to, okay, I know as a senior pastor, when the news goes out there and starts scaring everybody like they love to do to get headlines, we all know that, right? You do know that, right? Okay, good. Uh, I already know how it's going to affect Sunday service, I already know that. It's, it's gonna, people are gonna stay home. I already know that. They've got everybody terrified to stay home, get the sandbags out. Look, if you're around that hurricane down there, yeah! But like, we're in Corona, in Norco, right? I've never seen a hurricane hit here. Uh, my house wasn't the eye of the storm. I don't know if yours was, but uh, you know, I just, I know that, so I just always know it's gonna affect it. It's gonna affect it, but that's what they're going to do. So, you know, it's what it is, what it is. Um, but today we're gonna start this new series. And uh, it's called Belong. And it's going to be a good four-weeker. And then we're going to uh, move into one of our books we're going to cover on Sunday mornings uh, this year. The first one will be Galatians uh, in, in five weeks from now. And today, we're going to start with this, um, with this question of why be part of a church? Because the whole idea is the Belong series. And so, I, I want to begin with uh, something that a guy by the name of David said. We know him as King David. And he lived about 3,000 years ago. You put it up on the screen for me there, um, John. And, but, but let me tell you something that's always, I like to point these things out to you. Um, you see, David, for many, many years, King David, uh, they would say that he never existed that there's absolutely no evidence for him whatsoever. And that's what skeptics do all the time to the Bible. Have you ever noticed that? They always do that. As I, I found somebody that, the, that we have no historical evidence of besides the Bible, therefore this is not true. It's like, come on, man. And so about 30 years ago, archaeologists were digging up stuff, and guess what they found? They found what's called a stele, S-T-E-L-E, it could be a cylinder or a slab but mostly it's a cylinder I believe and carved in there are some history and statements and all kinds of stuff in time periods and this one dates to 900 BC and guess what in that stele it mentions the house of David and so we have the earliest uh, uh, historical archaeological evidence that David and King David really did exist once again pointing out that the Bible is true and the skeptics are wrong any amens on there right there? And I just love stuff like that. Now, David, who now exists um, 3,000 years ago, he said this. He said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And you know, that that statement, it really jumps out at you if you think about it, that here's a guy, and he's gone through a lot. I mean, he went through 10 years of, of lots of pain on the run from King Saul who tried to kill him. Or was trying to kill him but he says I was glad when they said to me let us go to the house of the Lord have you ever asked yourself or thought, you, am I really glad that I'm going to church this morning or do you get excited about going to church anybody I, I know I do I, raise your hand if you do good the rest of you do not okay that's the most hands I've ever seen oh good all right so, so you come on time you can't wait to get here right oh okay well that's not today's message but let me write that down so um, but he says I was glad I was really glad he's excited etc and and that's a good thing because there should be some kind of a joy and maybe a little bit of exuberance that I get to go and worship God and see the people in fellowship right I think there should be some of that because we are the family of God now this whole thing about being part of a church um, it's been under attack for quite some time and 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 you know, let, let me let, let me just be honest with you from my heart because I read the surveys and all these things, and I do talk to people, and uh, it's like uh, not so many people are excited about going to church anymore. And it's in America, it's less and less and less Christians are actually attending a fellowship. Did you know that? It's decreasing in America, and that's not a good sign. And it's not so much oh, it's not only that there's less Christians, but it's also millions of Christians don't bother attending a fellowship and I don't understand that, do you understand that? I don't, I don't get it, but I've talked to some of them and they give me great sounding reasons that aren't biblical, but you know, they give it to me so I'm sitting talking to this one guy about a year and a half ago and we're, di- he's not Christian and we're dialoguing back and forth and, uh, and then he says to me this he says, I believe in ministry but I don't believe in church. And you know, if you're like me, my biblical bat senses turn on at that moment, and I'm thinking, I believe in ministry, but I don't believe in church. And I already know what Jesus said about church. I know what the New Testament says about it. I know all this stuff. And I'm thinking, he's come up with his own interpretation. Because when he says I believe in ministry," he's really saying, "Well, I believe in helping people and doing things for people but I sure don't believe in going and being part of this whole thing being part of a church I, I don't agree with that I don't believe in that and really think about I thought about what he said as I, as I left that situation and I, I'm just analytical like that and I thought what he's really saying is he's justifying that it's okay to help people but he's also giving himself justification that it's okay not to be part of a fellowship because I don't even believe that this church thing is even relevant it's not even it shouldn't even be And that's really what he was telling me. You know, and it kind of like it was sad for me on the one side, but then, well, he's not a believer. But then the sad part is that so many believers don't believe in church anymore either. Has anybody ever noticed that? More and more. And uh, so today I'm going to talk about, you know, why. Why why be part of a church? And I want to get right into it because I got some ground to cover today. And we're going to look at something that Jesus said. I'm not going to do what Jim said. I'm going to do what Jesus said. And we're going to go to his text where he said it. So if you have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 16. And however you read it through your phone or your Bible, however you, you check that. We're going we're to give some commentary. I'm going to give you some intro to understand what's going on. And then we're going to go into three points of why you why part of a church? What's the big deal about it? Anyway so in Matthew chapter 16 let me do about five verses of commentary and then we'll dig into it even further so Matthew 16 and verse and verse 13 and it says this now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi he was asking his disciples here's the big question Jesus is asking the twelve who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now, if you're sitting there, this is a loaded question. Because first, in the question, is a statement. Jesus calls himself the Son of Man. If, you don't, if you're new to the Bible, or you didn't know this, he's referencing something. He's referencing something that Jewish people knew. Back in Daniel in the Old Testament, chapter 7, the Son of Man is the Messiah. He's God. So Jesus saying, Who do the people out there say that me, the Messiah, God is? And he's telling the disciples already who he is. But he's already, he's been telling them already. But he asks for, well, What's the crowd? What, what's going on? Now, did you notice what city or what area that Jesus has taken the disciples to? to ask the question, Caesarea Philippi this was a place, this place was founded by Alexander the Great but it became a um, a center for demonic activity, let me explain some of you have been to Caesarea Philippi, it's on the northern side of Israel, when you go there you see it's just beautiful and the, the water, the beginnings of the Jordan River start there Mount Hermon is the backdrop. It was once called during these demonic earlier stages, Mount Baal, which is a false idol. Pan worship was the center, it was a center of pan worship. You will see carvings in the mountain where idols used to sit in these little indentations. There's a pool inside there of water where they did believe long ago, where the, this is the headwaters of the Jordan, where they believed that. Demonic, it was a bottomless pit. They believed that this this water, but it isn't. But they believed the demons would come out of there every year and go and do their damage and go back in. It's a cave where the water is, and the cave in that day was called the gate of hell. Now that becomes important because if you know the rest of the text, you know what Jesus is. He's going to use that statement. You know that, right? Yes or no? Yes. Something. Okay, you're going to learn this now. so Jesus is using the backdrop of uh, of this demonic area of Israel and the gate is called the gate of hell and he's going to talk about church and he's going to talk about the power of God through the church against the demonic forces and it's a magnificent backdrop I mean he picked up the perfect place for this it eventually is called Caesarea Philippi because it was named eventually after one of the Caesars, uh, Philip. And so so here comes Jesus, and as he sits there, or stands there, the backdrop is the gate of hell, and so Jesus is going to ask the biggest question. Guys, because these are the guys who are going to carry his message to the whole world. And if they don't get him right, and who he is, they're going to spread all kinds of deceit and lie and error, correct? and so he asks them the question, who do the people out there, who does the crowd what's their opinion of me, what's their thoughts and now watch the answer to that question, they're going to tell them this is what people think about it, verse 14 and they said some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, because they believed Elijah was coming back, even when Jesus on the cross when he says, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, some of them said he's calling for Elijah, no but still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, and so everybody out there is getting it wrong, they're guessing he's this guy, they're guessing he's like this and they're guessing he's like this, and they're getting it wrong, now I I, want to read a little bit more then I want to kind of attack this idea here because in verse 15 he said to them but who do you say that I am so Jesus now he hears what everybody out there saying through his disciples but he says okay guys I get it but who do you say that I am who do you know that I am because that's all that really matters because they're the disciples and they're going to carry the message and watch their answer in verse 16 Simon Peter's going to answer Simon Peter answered you are the Christ the son of the living God when he says Christ Jesus Christ Christ is not his last name for the sake of any newbies okay it's not his last name Christ is a title it means anointed one it's the Hebrew equivalent because this is Greek it's the Hebrew equivalent of the Messiah and so Peter answers correctly and then he says the son of the living God when he said son of the living God and he, in that culture the son of a father means you are the same in character quality you have the same inheritance it's all equal there so he's really acknowledging that Jesus is like God and that he's the Messiah he's getting it right but I want you to think about something because this is been going on for decades if not centuries and it did start way back in the garden of Eden but it's very prevalent now in America have you ever noticed that most people kind of like Jesus right until until you define him according to what the scriptures say and once you start to define Jesus, because people are going, oh I'm okay with Jesus, he was a good teacher, right? well he's more than a good teacher, or say I'm okay with Jesus, he's just one of many ways to get to heaven, well he's not many ways you know. and then they go on and on, and and you start telling them who Jesus is that he's the only God, that he's the only way, and Jesus even made the statement and he has some statements he makes on morality or immorality and sin and when a lot of people hear that the Jesus they liked, they don't like Him anymore because now you've defined Him correctly not according to their own justification or their interpretation most people like Jesus until you start giving Him biblical interpretation then they're not so crazy about Him anymore and that's kind of where we live right now in the culture but it's always been there guys, it's always been there since the garden, since the day that the serpent questioned Eve and said has God really said it? really is God really like that come on give me a break on that one right there now if you think about what I just said they're questioning who Jesus is well some say this some say that and they're getting it wrong if, if you're here today and you're saying well I don't think Jesus is I think he, okay how would you like for people to ask who you are what you're like and they don't really know you at all and they give all kinds of improper interpretations of you improper definitions of you you wouldn't like it one bit would you but that's what they do to Jesus all day long seven days a week people give all kinds of wrong interpretations but you'll only find the right winner he asked the disciples who do you say that I am we got to get it right and we got to get it right right now and Peter says thou art the Christ the son of a living God that's who you are AND WATCH WITH JESUS HOW HE ANSWERS PETER IN VERSE 17 AND JESUS SAID TO HIM, BLESSED ARE YOU, OH, I LOVE THAT, SIMON BAR JONAH BAR JONAH BAR SON OF JONAH, JOHN SON OF JOHN, THAT'S ALL THAT MEANS BECAUSE flesh AND BLOOD DID NOT REVEAL THIS TO YOU, BUT MY FATHER WHO IS IN HEAVEN DO YOU REMEMBER PAUL WRITES IN THE NEW TESTAMENT that the natural man cannot understand the things of the spirit, right? Peter now, he understands who Jesus is because Jesus says the father has revealed that to you there's a spiritual element now and you can understand when you talk to an unbeliever and you try to reason with them on moral grounds they're not going to agree with you, they're natural thinkers I didn't agree with this before I met Christ I fought with this before I met Christ, but once I came to Christ and the spirit of God came to dwell in me at age 23 when I said I'm going to follow Christ, now I'm not a natural thinker anymore I have the spirit of God in me, any amens? and once I have the spirit of God in me, now I can understand these spiritual words because Jesus said these words are spirit and they are life and only then can I understand and I will agree with this, but before that I'm fighting you to the death I don't agree with this stuff I don't agree with how it tries to tell me how to live my life I want to sin the way I want to sin I want to do what I want to do but when I came to Christ boy it changed everything Peter gets the answer right and they've got to get it right if they're gonna save this world now with that said with that backdrop I want to give you three things this morning of Why Why church? Why be part of a church? Why, what's the big deal about this? So here we go. Number one, if you're taking notes, the first one is to expand the kingdom of God on earth. Now, I would like, um, I'd like all of us to read verse 18. Here we go. One, two, three, all together. Uh, I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overpower it okay give me some light here dean the dream now before i get into this how the church drives back the gates of hell etc let me start to define some things because you need to understand what this is jesus speaking you need to understand what's going on here because this has been so misinterpreted throughout the centuries but i'm going to give you what it is so you see, because I came up even in a way of belief system that misinterpreted this, and here's what it's going, which is what's going on here? When he says you are Peter, because he points, he says you are Peter. Now Peter means a stone, just a simple little stone. That's what it means? And remember, Peter's name before this was what? Simon. He changes his name to Peter. You're a stone, and then he says. And upon this rock, okay, I'll build my church, we'll get to that in a second. And upon this rock, now the word, the Greek word Jesus used for rock, it's an interesting word. Now this is Jesus, mind you. This is not what anybody feels or thinks. This is Jesus, God in the flesh. He says, upon this rock, and the word rock is the idea of a bunch of little stones, they're connecting to a massive, massive giant boulder and slab of rock, massive that's what it means, so now when you put those together you realize, because the way I grew up, I was taught that Peter was the rock that the church is built upon but then when you look at the verses, you realize that no, it can't be Peter, because Peter's a stone a little stone, the big giant rock of which we're connecting to, has to be the rock Jesus Christ amen? Because you could never build something like the church or the church, you could never build it on an inadequate, uh, sinning man like Peter. Say, don't say he's a sinner. He's like me, he's like you. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Amen? All means what? All means all. Everybody's a sinner you could never build the church upon a sinner that doesn't make any sense logically and it sure isn't scripturally not uh, scriptural whatsoever so Jesus has to be the giant rock that we're connecting to but then it doesn't even end there and then Jesus says I will build my what my church I will build my church and the gates of Hades the gates of hell remember the backdrop he's preaching at remember that they're looking at a gate a big uh, cave behind them called the gate of hell he says i will build my church now when jesus used the word church the typical christian thinks oh church i'm gonna go to church no you're not you're going to a building this is not a church i know we say that but it's incorrect and it's it's not it's not biblical this is just cement and drywall and it's there's iron beams in here and there's air conditioning units this is just a building, see church, the Greek word he uses is ekklesia, now what does that mean? well it's the idea of a gathering, of pe- a bunch of people gathering together for a common purpose, to fulfill a common purpose all together, oh, so now you realize that Peter is one of the stones that gathers together the giant rock Jesus, so we all connect, and then we also come together, we gather together for a common purpose in the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Okay, now, so let me, let me take that idea of connecting and gathering of what you're doing right now. Okay, anybody older like me? I hate to, I hate to say that out loud. It's painful, you know but it's a fact okay when I my mom used to take me to the scariest movies and some movies you would never take your children to when I was little I look back and I would have never taken my kids to those movies but she took us there was this movie I was about seven and you older people might remember do you remember the movie The Crawling Hand laughed real loud is that Linda okay the crawling hand I remember I think I saw it at the Ma- remember the Magnolia Drive-In anyone remember the Magnolia Drive-In raise your hand if you remember that yes because you're old it's not Aaron you remember the Magnolia Drive-In wow wow okay um, it's torn down now it, it's not there it's that skating rink in the Riverside Police substation that's where the Magnolia Drive-In was and so I saw it there I was like seven now this crawling hand let me, let me, it's just a hand, there's no body, it's just a hand, and the hand is crawling like this, and nobody can outrun it, (laughs) and it always gets people, and it'll come and grab them by the neck, and they can't even pull it off, they're dying, it's choking them to death, and I'm terrified, and I'm I'm, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm not even thinking, why would my mom bring me to this, and I'm like, "Uh," you know, and you're like, you know, uh," but you want to see the crawling hand okay so I'm terrified and then it doesn't end there does it when you're a little kid at a scary movie because now you have to come home and they're going to say now go to bed turn off the lights are you crazy because you know now that the crawling hand is in your room how many know that now you know it's there it's, I, I, you start. I would look under the bed and by the way this is a sidebar for you when I was little I used to really believe and I used to check every night I really thought there was a crocodile under my bed I don't know why I thought that in corona you know it's, it's, there's one there but anyway you go in there and I'm looking under my bed for the crawling hand I'm looking under my pillow I'm checking in the closet make sure the crawling hand isn't there and then I could finally fall asleep maybe and then I grew up and I look back at movies like that and I think what was I afraid of (laughs) I could outrun that crawling hand any day of the week (laughs) I could pick up that crawling hand I could put him in the microwave and crank it on (laughs) and watch him that's a hand spasming by the way I I could pick up I know there was no microwave I got (laughs) okay I I got it okay (laughs) I could, I, I, could take, I, I COULD TAKE THAT HAND, PICK HIM UP, PUT HIM IN THE BATHTUB WITH NO WATER, AND, and JUST SPEND AN HOUR WATCHING HIM CRAWL UP THE SIDE AND JUST, <laughs> AND FALL DOWN, AND JUST HAVE A GREAT TIME WATCHING HIM. THERE WAS NOTHING THAT CRAWLING HAND COULD DO. IT'S JUST A HAND. IT, can, it CANNOT DO ANYTHING. IT NEEDS A WHAT? IT NEEDS A BODY. BECAUSE IT'S JUST A HAND. LISTEN TO ME. WHY CHURCH? because we are connectors to a giant slab and we are gatherers coming together for a common purpose in the kingdom of god correct but too many christians are this they're crawling you think satan is afraid of one crawling hand you think he's afraid of a disconnected non-gathering christian i'm not saying you're not saved don't don't quote me like that but i'm saying are you connected anywhere are you part of this thing that's moving forward in, in, in the purposes of God because Satan's not afraid of a crawling hand we are to gather together we are connectors with each other in the big rock Jesus Christ now the question then is why? what's the reason for this? I'm going to give you two bullets in point one and the first one is this Jesus said I'm going to build the church now that's interesting I have a question for you it's real obvious it's up there so I'll ask you who's going to build the church? you or Jesus let me try it again. That was so weak. Who's gonna build a church? You or Jesus? It's Jesus, right? So he's gonna build it his way, not our way. Correct? He's gonna build it according to his word, not our feel or think. Correct? But we are living in a day where people feel and think things, Christians. I'm talking to Christians now, and they're not part of this kingdom the way Jesus Look, he's gonna build it his way, his schematic. His guidelines, he's going to do it that way. And when it's built that way, then bullet point two is this. Jesus said, only the church that he builds can drive back hell. Any amens? Any amens? Only the church he builds. Only the church he builds can drive back hell. Now, let me share something with some of you. It's a biblical thing, it's prophetic you're living in it right now you may not have ever known this but now let me share it with you um, we're, we're ending the book of Daniel on Tuesday night last chapter this Tuesday night but in Daniel there's so many great prophecies that are so specific I don't know anybody can say that the Bible is just written by men read the prophecies and then tell me that because Daniel nailed it hundreds and hundreds of years before the events and even thousands of years before the events nailed it one of the prophecies that Daniel gives is this prophecy of the 70 weeks it's 70 weeks of years tell him I said hi right there it's the 70 weeks of Daniel I'm going to start rapping right now I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm joking bro I'm joking. it's the worst thing when your phone goes off I know oh it's okay um, but the 70 weeks of Daniel now what this is is this he says and by the way there's 70 weeks of years or 490 years he says this thing's gonna start at a certain moment in time the moment that this certain king gives a decree to go back and rebuild Jerusalem well we look at that as Nehemiah May 14th 4, or March March 14 445 BC the clock starts Years go by, years go by, because he goes back and rebuilds It starts the clock. Years and years go by. 483 years or 173,880 days to the day. Jesus comes into Jerusalem, the prophecy says the Messiah will be cut off after that 69th week of years, and Jesus is cut off. That's why Jesus said, had you just known this day, if you would have counted the days you would have known the moment I walked into Jerusalem you would have known when, I sh- when the Messiah was here but you didn't you paid no attention to the prophecy and people don't and the clock stopped at 483 years but there's still one year one week of years left or seven years it's called the great seven year tribulation it's still to come but in between when Jesus was cut off and the and when that seven year start what took its place? you and I that's when the church began that's when the spirit came down second chapter of Acts do you know that we church folk we are temps we're temporaries we're filling in a long couple thousand year gap expanding the kingdom of God driving back the gates of hell because the Jews rejected Jesus But don't you but realize that God has still loved the Jews, always loved the Jews, and He's not done with them. In fact, when the rapture takes place and Christians are gone, whether in my lifetime or your lifetime, but boy, looking at everything and looking at all the prophecies, it's like it looks like it could happen in our lifetime. It's it's not that nice anymore. But then, when the church is raptured then starts this last week of years the great seven year tribulation and God begins to work through the Jews again many Jews will become Christians Messianic Jews there will be 144,000 male uh, Jewish men walking the earth evangelizing for Jesus Christ because God still loves people and he's still trying to reach people and drive back the gates of hell while hell itself through the Antichrist is walking the earth at that time do you understand that? AND SO YOU AND I SIT HERE RIGHT NOW, AND WE ARE THE CHURCH, WE'RE THE IN-BETWEEN PHASE, WE'RE THE TEMPS, BUT WE'RE THE ONLY ONES, AND WE'RE THE ONLY THING THAT CAN ACTUALLY DRIVE BACK THE GATES OF HELL, AND IT'S GOT TO BE THE CHURCH, US GATHERING TOGETHER, THE WAY JESUS SAYS TO DO IT, I CANNOT BE A CRAWLING HAND AND SAY, WELL, I FEEL AND I THINK, I DON'T NEED TO BE, YOU KNOW, HOW MANY TIMES HAVE I HEARD NOW, WELL, I DON'T, I don't GO TO CHURCH, BUT I STILL READ MY BIBLE, SO WHAT? Is that supposed to be okay now? Is that okay now? We rewrite the Bible and leave out big chunks. Hey, I'm glad you read the Bible, but you need to gather together for a common purpose, the way Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, the God-Man, who came, died, carried our sins, and rose from the dead, the way He said to do it. Because that's the only way it's going to work. So why am I part of the church? Because of that to be part of this whole thing, I want to be part of the kingdom of God advancing through this time period, do you know what it says of David in the book of Acts chapter 13, it says that David after he served the purpose of God in his own generation fell asleep, it's a term for he died, in other words he knew he was here for a time and he knew he had to fulfill that purpose in the time frame that he was born and he left this earth, and that's the same for every one of us And we fulfill it through the kingdom of God, through God's purpose, and we fulfill it in a big picture through the local church. It's the only thing. The one that Jesus builds, it's the only thing that'll drive back, and it's the only thing. Because we're a spiritual realm that drives back a spiritual entity. Any amens on that? Now, let me move on. Now, the second reason for, you know, why why church? For backing. For backing. Now, watch this. He says, I will give you this Jesus again. Not not Jim, it's Jesus. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be, shall have been loosed in heaven. Now, this is an interesting statement. He says, I'm giving you keys. I'm going to give you some backing here. Because remember, there's the gates of hell. The gates of hell when Jesus uses the term gates of hell he's not just trying to be cute he uses the term gates because a gate in that day had some unique things to it cities that were defendable had a wall around them and had gates and in those days in biblical times you start reading the scriptures you'll see it the leading men of the city they would gather at the gates because this is where they would handle city business transactions it's the place of authority in the city that's what it was so when Jesus says and the gates of hell cannot overpower meaning the church will drive back the gates of hell it's saying the authority of hell the church coming together gathering. we have the authority over hell we have key now did you know to say key or keys did you catch it keys. what is it keys. keys plural because whatever hell throws at us you know God has an answer now keys I have keys so do you see this key this key opens every door at new beginnings it's a master key and I got it. I got the master key. It gives me access. I can open and I can close. Anywhere on this campus, I can go in there with this key right here. And Jesus says to you church folk, you who gather together for the common prayer, I give you keys. I give you the authority. I give you access over the gates of hell over the authority of hell I give you backing you carry a greater authority how many of you watch football okay that's all I have to say to get a response okay have you ever watched when the ref makes a call that one of those 5,000 pound linemen doesn't like the lineman weighs about 180 I'm sorry the the ref weighs about 180 the lineman weighs about 350 and he's about 6'7 and the ref's about I don't know 5'10 5'11 and there they are face to face like right there right and that that lineman he's, he's angry he's bigger he's stronger he could pick up that ref rip him in half and he don't like that call that ref made But that ref is standing like right there, isn't he? He's just right there, just, or he's like right there. And he's not afraid. Why is he not afraid of a guy that's bigger, stronger, could rip him in half? Why not? Because he's a zebra. (laughs) He's wearing the shirt. He's wearing the striped shirt, right? The zebra shirt. Well, that means something. But he's also part of other zebras on the field, is he not? BUT HE'S ALSO, THESE OTHER ZEBRAS, THEY'RE ALL PART OF AN NFL, AND THEY CARRY THE AUTHORITY OF THE NFL, DO THEY NOT? BUT WAIT A MINUTE, It GOES FURTHER, THEY ALSO CARRY THE AUTHORITY OF THE COMMISSIONER OF THE NFL, OF THAT OFFICE, THEY CARRY ALL THAT AUTHORITY DOWN THROUGH THE LINES BECAUSE THEY'RE PART OF THAT WHOLE THING, AND SO THEREFORE, THE REF STANDS RIGHT THERE, AND THIS GUY'S BIGGER, STRONGER, COULD me IN HALF, BUT THE REF KNOWS SOMETHING, AND SO DOES THAT BIG GUY. THE REF KNOWS, I CAN KICK HIM OUT OF THE GAME, I can even petition to have him suspended, but not only does the ref know that, that guy knows that, and he knows he could kick me out of this game, he could get me suspended, and therefore that big guy, he don't do any. Of that ref says, "Back off now," and they're okay, you know, because he carries an authority of another realm. This ref does, and that gives him the authority on that field. Same thing with church people. You walk around on this planet; you're part of this gathering. AND YOU CARRY A GREATER AUTHORITY AND YOU NEED TO REALIZE IT IF YOU'RE EVER AROUND ME AND YOU HEAR ME PRAYING FOR SOMETHING YOU WILL TYPICALLY HEAR ME PRAY AND I'LL SAY I PLEAD THE BLOOD OF JESUS OVER THAT PERSON BECAUSE THERE'S POWER IN THE BLOOD OR I'LL USE THE NAME OF JESUS OF WHICH THE DEMONS TREMBLE AT THOSE THINGS AND BECAUSE I'M PART OF A BIG BODY OF BELIEVERS I'VE GATHERED TOGETHER IN A COMMON PURPOSE I'M NOT A CRAWLING INDEPENDENT HAND that devil has to back off because the gates of hell shall not prevail against me or the gathering. Any amens? It's that simple. It's just that simple. But you got to gather. You got to connect. It's just that simple. Now, let me move on. And that's the last thing. Why be part of a church? To keep from getting picked off. Now, I will take this one, expand it further in week three once we're past hurricanes and everybody gets back, okay? I just had to say that. As a joke. Now, I, I want to. I don't want to be picked off. I like coming on Sundays. I love being here. I like seeing you guys. Do you know that? I get excited about that. In fact, I've said this a few times over the years to people or to church. If my wife ever asked me, Are we going to church tomorrow? I would be offended by that statement. What do you mean, are we going? It's what we do. I'm the spiritual leader. It's what we do. Don't ever ask me that question. It's what we do. I like coming and seeing you guys, I like walking through the lobby. Between service before service, or when I'm walking back there when I'm coming around to preach or to baptize I like walking I like talking to you guys real quick it's all real quick and I like to tease you because I love teasing people in fact that's my spiritual gift <laughs> so don't take it personal because I like look life's just too short to be dead serious and I sure don't want a dead serious face all the time to tell people are oh, you a Christian yeah okay but no but i like i like i like joking with you guys i just enjoy it i just i just i just like that it's it's fun to be free inside and a joke and nothing's personal and stuff like that i love that kind of stuff i mean you guys in the blend who in, work in blend you know i come in there every sunday and what r- what's my big statement when i come in that room i go we're not making coffee we're changing lives, changing lives and that's my every Sunday I tell me in blend right crystal right even though you burn my mouth with the coffee I get it okay (laughs) don't let that don't let her make you hot coffee whoo man volcano but um, and then I love after I finish preaching and some of you walk by here and there on Sunday and you give me the 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 fist bump up here and and I just love stuff like that it's just I, I it's the greatest and then I love coming to Tuesday nights we record Tuesday night study verse by verse and I love seeing people I know who's going to get here at what time I know where you're going to sit <laughs> and it's a, we record it and it comes up on on YouTube channel and podcast a day later but people come for the recording of it and I love it because you know I, I five minutes before we start I'll ask anybody have any questions from Sunday mornings teaching like today and typically they won't ask me because they're terrified that I'm going to tease them but they will ask questions here and there and so and then I'll teach and then when I'm done and then I'll ask if I have time I go any questions about tonight's study after the recording's off and this is all happening before and after the recording and and they'll ask questions and stuff and Steve will always ask me a question back there thank you Jesus and then then there's men's fellowship like this Saturday and I love the men's fellowship I, man I love the men's fellowship because I, I get to be with the guys man and in there we hang out and what we do is I, I teach them teach on Elijah and you know and we um and then we break into groups for like 20 minutes and then afterwards I started doing this where it's 10 to 15 minutes where now I've asked more questions and 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 more questions right and I like doing that because I I like helping the guys I like these these are, these are I just like helping guys and ladies s- s- send them send them because us guys need as much help as anybody else Any amen but bigger than that bigger than that I am fed up with this culture trying to demand me anybody know what I'm talking about I'm so done with that I'm finished with that you're a guy and it's okay to be a guy any amens guys on that and don't and you know and don't message me anything okay (laughs) and don't Facebook me on stuff okay you don't you guys don't know that's what happens huh it's easy to do that from far away huh come in no I'm just joking (laughs) I'm joking I'm joking I am a brown belt I'll let you know um, but no I, I go bring your guy. let your guys go there and I'll try to help them do situations and things and I'm not perfect I'm, guys you guys know I open my life up on that those so Saturdays I open my life all the time to, to try to help you guys out now I may send your guy back healthier and you ladies may not like that yeah but no it's, it's healthier it's healthier but I like all that you know why I like it? Because I need it. I need to be around you guys. I need to be here on Sunday morning. I need you guys. I need to be around you guys on Saturday men's. I need to be here on Tuesday. I need you guys. I don't want you know how many pastors in America are getting picked off? Not just Christians, but senior pastors because they're crawling hands you gotta stay connected let me me take this thought home let's go back to Peter look at Mark chapter 14 verse 53 and 54 now this is Jesus talking to Peter and Jesus has just been taken from the, um, the garden of Gethsemane and arrested it says, they led Jesus away to the high priest. And all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes gathered together. What a coincidence that at 2 o'clock in the morning, they're all there. It was premeditated. It's a scam. False charges. They've been brewing this up for a while. Peter had followed him at a distance. Say, at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest, and he was sitting with the officers and warned himself at the fire. Okay, let's back up now. Peter, one of the twelve. Jesus tells Peter that night before all this happened, he says, Peter, you need to know that you and all the guys here, all my twelve guys, you're going to you're gonna You're going to fall away tonight and Peter says oh no not me man he goes yeah the cock's gonna crow you're gonna die oh no even if I have to die with you I'll, I'll never ever oh, okay okay. Jesus also tells Peter you know Satan desires to sift you right now he's gonna sift you he asked permission by the way which is a good thing that we need to know that Satan has to ask permission to do anything to a believer any amens so it's a, it's a short leash it's a short leash God's the power okay then Peter okay and then they arrest Jesus and then the, and he's following but it says now he follows Jesus at a what? at a distance okay keep that thought and then he gets there and, he den- and the girl comes up you're with Jesus Goes, I don't even know the guy and he denies Jesus like Jesus said and Jesus looks out the window actually and they catch eyes, and Peter feels so bad. And he weeps bitterly, and he goes running out. And he's by himself now, out there. Now think, 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 think. Jesus said, You're going to deny me tonight. He shrugs it up. Not me. I can't stumble. Then all of a sudden, he's following Jesus at a distance. He used to follow Jesus right next to him. Now he's following from afar. I used to walk right next to Jesus, and now I'm far away from him. And then you find him coming in in the enemy. The enemy has a fire, and he's hanging out with the enemy. He's in the wrong fellowship group now. He's a crawling hand. I can't stumble, I'll follow from afar. I'm gonna hang out in this wrong fire and he denies he's picked off now don't forget who this guy is he's the guy that said thou art the Christ the son of the living God he's the guy that walked on water don't forget that he's the guy that Jesus said get out there catch a fish inside the mouth there'll be some coins to pay your tax and mine and he goes out there catches, and sure enough it's there he's one of the guys where Jesus said give me the five loaves the two fish he blessed it here pass it out and they feed 10,000 people not including uh, women and children that's that guy and now you find him picked off picked off because he thinks I can't stumble I, you know I, don't, I, don't, I can be on my own I don't, I'm not gonna stumble Then you find him at a distance from Jesus. He's drifting, drifting, not connecting anymore, not gathering. Then you find him now in the enemy's fire, and he gets picked off. I don't want to get picked off. I've been in church 40 some years. It's countless how many people I've seen picked off because they don't follow the little simple steps that the scriptures teach. We're all vulnerable. There's none of us strong. There's none of us mighty. I'm not. And we all need what Jesus says we need. Why do, I, why do I tend to fellowship? Everything I said today. Everything I said today. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Every one of us needs you, Jesus. There's not a one of us that doesn't. Every one of us. You defined it for us and we need to go with your definition. Now, you're sitting here today. I don't know where you stand with God, with Jesus Christ, the God-man. But I can tell you that he gave his life for you. I can tell you that the blood he shed was to forgive you and that he carried your sins and mine on that cross this is what he came for that's why he became human he had to go through that suffering for us that's how bad one sin is and they buried him after they killed him but he rose from the dead and burst out of that tomb to offer us new life and it's not automatic friend it's not automatic you've got to give your life to Christ and if you're thinking I can just be a good person no that's completely unbiblical it's not in the Bible the opposite of that is in the Bible New Testament says there's none of us are righteous not even one we need Christ we need his provision for us so I'm gonna give you an opportunity if you've never Like I don't know Where you stand with God But if you've never Given your life to Christ You've never surrendered to Him You've never become A follower of Jesus Today's the day maybe I hope Or maybe you backslid You've gone to a distance You're far away And you've had a couple of Stumbles And it's getting worse and worse And you need to come back To Christ So if you'd like to place Your faith in Jesus or rededicate your life, I want you to do one simple thing as a sign between you, me, and God. Open up your eyes and look at me right now. Just do it right now. I'm going to look back at you in a second. Keep your eyes open. And when our eyes meet, you can close them. But do it right now. Now, I'm going to say this prayer. And those who looked up at me, I want you to repeat it. But everyone's going to repeat it with you. You're joining a family of God. You're not a solo player here. But when you repeat this prayer, you just have to believe it. Put your faith in the Messiah, not in Jim Del Campo, not in New Beginnings Church, but in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can save you. And he he came to do that. And when you place your faith in him, you activate the grace of God, God's favor in your life. And the Spirit of God will come to dwell in you and you'll be forgiven of all your sins by the blood of Jesus so here we go. Repeat after me. Everybody, especially those who looked up. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, me the sinner. Forgive me of my sins, and I know I'm forgiven. I invite you into my life to be my Lord, my Savior, my Messiah. You are the only God. Today I surrender completely to you. Now let me pray. God, I pray for everybody that looked up. I pray for you, friend. These are not the times to play with God. You gotta walk with God now. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter anybody else's opinion. Be mostly concerned with what God thinks. God will strengthen you as you walk if you walk with Him. He will be with you. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you because He dwells in you now. If you don't have a Bible, get a Bible. We have them in the lobby for free. But walk with Him. Keep You consistently give your life to Him. And watch what He does. And watch what He does. But know that you know that you know that your name is recorded in heaven so that if you were to die, you would go to be with Jesus, escaping an eternal hell. And we thank God for that. That all of heaven right now rejoices because of you. Because you gave your life to Him. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said, amen and amen. Stand up with me, everybody. You guys ready to repeat after me? Yes or no? Oh, I didn't hear anything. Okay, here we go. Lord, keep me outward focused, and fill me with your spirit. Give me the boldness to share the gospel with others. Open up opportunities to minister outside the church, because I see what I'm looking for. And make me into a generous person like you. And if you have any prayer requests at all, they'll also pray for you there. Take advantage of it. God bless you guys. We'll see you later. Have a great day. Make sure you dodge that hurricane out there. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media on Facebook and Instagram at Norco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.